You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is nutritionist and best-selling author, Sean Stevenson. And as we head into this new year, I want to provide you with some powerful insights and messages to help you to remember how powerful you are to create the life that you want to create. And on this episode, you're gonna be hearing from four of the most inspirational figures in the world, four of the most inspirational people in my life personally, whose messages, whose teachings, whose examples have truly transformed the way that I think and the way that I live my life. And I think that this is going to give you rocket fuel as you head into this new year. Now up first in this special superhero team up of experts, you're gonna be hearing from best-selling author and absolute world-leading expert in personal development, the one and only Ed Milet. In this segment, he's gonna be sharing with you why you're so much closer to your goals than you may realize, and the most important aspect of your mindset that you need to take control of today. Let's dive into this incredible message from the amazing Ed Milet. I think there's an issue in the world today that's just it's like it's its own epidemic, which is that people think they're further away from their life they want than they are. They, they have this, they don't lack vision. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. But I think if you actually dove into that, it's not that there's no vision. Would you rather be happy or sad, rich or poor? Help people or not help people? You got a vision for your life. The problem is you think it's so far away. Because you think that's far away, you act in accordance with that belief system and you perpetually keep it there. And so, but the truth is that's a lie. I've proven it in my life, so have you. Your truth is your one relationship, one meeting, one podcast, one book, one new thought, one new emotion, away from a completely different life. It's much closer than you think it is. But because you don't understand that, or you don't understand how to find those relationships, those thoughts, those meanings, that you keep it that far away. Two weeks ago, this is just for me and you, but everybody can hear it. Something dawned on me. 3.15, I wake up crying which I cry once in a while. I don't like my dad. I wake Christiana up, my wife. I go, babe, wake up. She says, what? I said, wake up. I said, all, because this decision changed my life for my dad. I said, babe, someone helped daddy. She said, what? I said, someone helped my dad. It just occurred to me 51 years later. Someone helped my dad get sober. In the darkest, most quiet moments of his life, the worst time of my dad's life on his knees, some stranger helped my father in some coffee shop or dark place and helped him change his life. And I don't know who this person is. And our children owe them a debt of gratitude. Our nieces and nephews do. My mom does. Millions of people I reach to. And I said, that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is what qualified this person to help my dad? Their mess. The things they were the most, they were a drug addict and an alcoholic also. They're shameful things. They're things they wanna hide the most that they think disqualifies them the most from helping somebody is the very thing that qualified them to help my father in the darkest moment of his life. I gotta meet him, I gotta, and this is the thing for everyone listening to this, most people think, I'm not qualified, Sean, he's qualified to help somebody. My let, maybe he's qualified. Me, you have no idea about my sins, my mess, my bankruptcy, my relationships, this thing I'm ashamed of, the lack of accomplishment I've had so far. I'm disqualified from having a great life from helping people. Nothing could be further from the truth. Your humanity, your experiences combined with your gifts are what does qualify you to help other people and make a difference. And so it just made me really emotional to think this beautiful soul who, imagine that person, man, when they were drugging and drinking and stealing and lying, they were preparing to help my dad that entire time. So we're always in preparation to change other people's lives, whether we know it or not. I think it's the most powerful force for human beings is their identity. And the identity, your identity is the thoughts, beliefs, concepts that you hold to be the most true about you. And I said this to you another time, it's like a thermostat that's sitting right there on that wall right there. It sets the entire temperature for your life. And so if your happiness thermostat is set at 75 degrees or your wealth thermostat or your health thermostat is set at 75 degrees, let's just use financial, 75 degrees of financial worth you think you have, you can acquire all the skills in the world and you can begin to produce the results. You find the right business, you're producing, you're at 85, 90, 95, 100, you're cranking. Somehow within a year or two, you find a way to turn the air conditioners on and cool it right back down to what you believe you deserve. And you think it's coincidental. Ah, the market changed. The stock market, the real estate, uh, supply chain. Uh, I had to loan some money to a friend, my car broke down. Nope, that ain't what happened. What happened was you turned the air conditioners on because your results exceeded your identity. And when that happens, you will always find a way to bring it back. Even in the health space, you know this. You'll see somebody with all the tools you've 
you've given them. This is how you can drop that weight. This is how you can become more healthy. They implement all the tools, but internally, they still believe they're 75 degrees of health or wellness. They find a way within a year or two to put the weight back on in spite of the tools they have. And so there's a lot of tools in the book, but how do you change your identity? And I say there's a holy trilogy of the identity change. And I believe there are these three things. I'll say them quickly. One is faith. It's an ironic, but if you have faith, it's amazing to me, no matter what your faith, I'm a Christian, but no matter what your faith is, it's amazing to me how you'll have faith on Sunday at church or at your synagogue or your mosque, maybe even go to a Bible study on Wednesdays and you pray. So you got the Lord, you have a meal, let's hold hands and pray. You're a praying person. But man, when you walk into a business meeting, you're alone. You walk into a boardroom, you're alone. You go on a sales call, you're all of a sudden alone. The nerves come up. You go back to this old identity you have. But if you're really the son of the highest king of gods, right? If his DNA is running through your blood, your identity ought to be off the charts. So link them. Two, intention. Running on a beach, I'm 30 years old, Maui. I went my first trip to go to Maui. Running the other way is this bald dude with like a sweaty, hairy back. He's running towards me. And it's like the sun's not up yet, so it's dark. And I'm so old, brother. I'm wearing a Sony Walkman with a cassette playing, and so is he. And we run right by each other, and it's Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's one of the gurus of all time of thought and spirituality and life. And I said, Dr. Dyer, you changed my life. And he turns, and he's got a deep voice like me. He goes, and like you, he goes, I doubt that. But he goes, you did, but how did I help you? And he walks towards me. We spend about an hour and a half sitting on the beach next to each other, watching the sun come up. And I have this beautiful conversation with this man who becomes my friend the rest of my life. And at the end of it, he goes, Ed, you're going to change the world. And I said, thank you. I'm sure he said this to other people. He goes, and you're brilliant. And the way you think through things, your mind is very unique. And he goes, but that's not what you should attach your identity to, Ed. You're always going to be chasing it. I said, what is it? He goes, your intentions are so beautiful. You have such beautiful intentions. You want to serve people. You want to make a difference. Please do me a favor in the rest of your life. Attach your identity to your intentions and it'll never go backwards. And so the second one is your intentions. Begin to give yourself more credit and raise that thermostat saying for what you intend to do, the difference you intend to make, and you'll become very resourceful. And then the third thing is association who you're around. And not only are who you're around, but their proximity to you. If you're around someone who's got 150 degrees of wealth in their life and you're a 75 degree or they will heat you up to their proximity eventually over time or at least closer to them. So faith, intention, and association will shift your identity. And I got the chills. Long answer, sorry. No, I mean, this is so powerful, so remarkable, and so simple. Thank you. You know, and the simplicity, that's where the beauty is. But that story about Wayne Dyer really hit me. Like I started to like yeah. get choked up a little bit. And I, I got to so tell you, man, when I came in here today, I parked my car out there. I said a quick prayer because I don't have every answer in the world, right? I'm a man. I'm 51. The older I get, the more I realize what I don't know. I said a quick prayer. I connected to my faith. I literally reminded myself of how much I want to help people today and the difference I want to make. And I've already got the association thing nailed. And then I came in here feeling pretty good about things. So I've carried that all my life, the intention thing. Yes, that's that's that speaks to the alignment of mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, Wayne Dyer has such an impact on my life. Really? I don't talk about it enough. Really? Actually, I don't know if you have put this together, but that that second one, Intention, he had a book called The Power of Intention. He was writing it while we were on that beach. Come on. Yes. I ah. love I love that you know this, by the way. You know that I've you know that almost actually not no one has ever said that back to me before. Yeah, I've re- that was the first Wayne Dyer book I read was The Power of Intention. He was writing it while we were sitting there. That was when he was writing it. I love you. The oh, fact that man. you know that. Listen, there's a statement that he said that I think about almost every day. Not every day, but mm-hmm. almost every day. Because especially today, mm-hmm. when there's so much divisiveness on yes. the surface, but I know yeah. the thing is, even when I say a statement like that, mm-hmm. there's we're inherently connected. That's right. It's just a perception of divisiveness. Yeah. Yeah. But he said he was quoting Saint Francis of Assisi, yes. and he said, you know, because everybody's trying to get people to understand them or like mm-hmm. to take on my thing, to listen to me. Mm-hmm. But he said, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I think about that almost every single day. And that's like a thread behind what I do. There's it's why you're so good at this. You're an incredible listener. I'd love to know where that comes from too, because even in private life, this is you. This is what you just described as you. I think it's why we have a connection because I only have like three or four skills and one of mine is that. Like and I know what it comes from if I just share it with you, because on the other side of our adversities in our lives are often where we develop our greatest gifts. Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, I love this. On the other side of temporary pain, you're introduced to your other self, and that other self produces another life. For me, the reason I'm good with being present with people is my dad was an alcoholic. So I'm a five-year-old little boy. I've got three sisters and a mom. When I'm five, brother, 
when that man would come through the front door, I'd have to quickly be present with him and read him. Is it sober, Dad? We're going to go have dinner and maybe shoot some hoops in the backyard? Or is it drunk, Dad? Is his tie the wrong way? Is his hair a little bit messed up? Is he slurring his words? Is he walking a little bit slower? And if it's that, Dad, Mimi, get, this, get the girls upstairs. Mama, go take a shower. And I would be present with my dad. I had to read him by the time I was five. Well, that's one of my biggest skills in business all my life now. And then the second thing would kick in. I'd grab his hand and I'd have to talk to him to change his state. Daddy, I got an A on the spelling test today. I hit a home run in baseball. How was your day? And I would talk him out of that state. And so it is one of truly your biggest gifts. And it's one of mine as well, born out of really something tragic and difficult. And if we look back on our lives with hindsight, this is where you've built a lot of your resiliency, a lot of the skills you have, a lot of the stuff you use to be successful came through temporary pain. One thing I want to tell everybody here is that, you know, when you see a happy or successful family, either or, at some point back in their lineage, they weren't. And then the one shows up. And that one changes freaking everything for that family. And Neo's the one in that movie. I'm the one in my family. I change the way my family thinks. I change the way the world treats us. I change the way we live. We're never going back again. I've changed it. The world does not have their thumb on my family ever again. We call the shots now, man. Right? And in every family, there's the one that eventually shows up. And they change the dynamic. They change the emotions. They change the In your family, you're, you're the one. Right? And everyone listen to this. Even the fact you go, nah, I'm not the one. That probably makes you the one. But it's not because I wanted to. I fought for it. I fought to be the one in my family. We changed who we are in the world in one generation. My dad made the decision to get sober, and then I took it to the next level, and we changed it. So I love that part of the matrix, the one, because I believe in every family, the one eventually appears. The second part, though, is probably more important, which is that there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. There's, there's what they call really bullet time in the movie where things slow down and you can begin to see things that, you, that were always there but you couldn't see before. The RAS is the filter. It's in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. It's the filter of your entire world. It scans in things that are only important to you so you don't go crazy. Otherwise, you'd be thinking about the blood rushing through your right ear, the people in the corner moving around. You'd be crazy. So it keeps you sane. So when something becomes unbelievably important to you, it filters in and slows things down for you. So I just saw in your guys, I just bought a Tesla because I like what Musk is doing. Brother, everywhere I go now, I see Teslas. Huh. Red one, but babe, there's a white one. Hey, there's there's a plaid. There, three lanes over, other side of the freeway. I'm like, babe, black Tesla just drove by. She's like, how in the world are you seeing these cars? I don't see them. I says, babe, because they're important now. Here's the hook. Those Teslas were always there before. I never saw them because they weren't a part of my matrix. They weren't a part of the RAS. So the hook in life is really, really simple. It's like when you walk in a room. Auditorially, it's a really loud room. There's 300 people in there. Someone in a normal voice says, Sean, you hear that voice because auditorily your voice is important to you. So you hear, see, and feel things that are always there in your environment, but you were oblivious to before. The key in life is programming your matrix. The key is that the Teslas of your life become those meetings, those relationships, those thoughts, those decisions. And when you get it going, because you've had this too, you're like, my gosh, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. You're like, this is, I'm vibing in a different way right now. And that's the difference, not in anything in your environment, anything in your life, completely different in the filter to which the world reviews itself to you. And that's your matrix. Such an incredible message and we are just getting warmed up. You know, one of the ways that Ed and I connect is our love of fitness, our love of training our bodies so that we can show up stronger and more resilient in our day-to-day -day lives. And for me, it's all about practicality and understanding things are gonna happen in our lives that are gonna be obstacles in our goals to getting to the level of fitness that we wanna get to. So we can have aspirations of going to the gym every day, or you know, going on a hike or going for a walk every day, but stuff happens, life happens, things come up. And so over the years, I've been collecting different pieces of fitness equipment, different tools, low cost tools that I always have on hand when plans change and I can't get to where I wanna to get to. So I always have something at home and also for my family to utilize as well. And so this is why I'm such a huge fan of unconventional training not just the typical push-pull methods of training, but being able to focus on all of these remarkable stabilizer muscles and having a level of tone and definition that you typically don't see with people in my age bracket, for example, but also the functionality and being able to express myself in all these remarkable, creative, fun ways because we wanna be able to continue playing and having fun as we age as well. 
And a big part of that for me has been utilizing unconventional training with the fitness tools from Onnit. They are the company that brought steel clubs and steel maces and their incredible primal kettlebells to the market. Things that have become popularized with other companies, Onnit is the originator. They've had partnerships with Marvel, with Star Wars. Like you just can't partner up with companies like that, but it's because they are the real deal. They are the industry leader when it comes to utilizing these tools. And also they have top tier science backed, literally they run some of their supplements through double blind placebo control clinical trials. And they're based on earth grown nutrients. So their shroom tech pre-workout has been run through a placebo controlled clinical trial. And it is proven to increase your stamina, to increase your bench press and squat reps. It is truly remarkable. And the same thing holds true with their nootropic alpha brain. And so not only do they have steel clubs, steel maces, and their primal kettlebells, and so many other pieces of incredible fitness equipment that again, I highly recommend you pop over there and grab yourself at least one of these fitness tools to utilize this year. Add something to your repertoire, but also they have the very best human performance supplements that you're going to find. And you get everything that I just mentioned for 10% off store wide. When you go to onit.com forward slash model, that's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. Upgrade your dedication to fitness. Get yourself one of these pieces of equipment to have on hand at your home. And also they're fun and they're amazing to be able to utilize. You could do sometimes dozens or even over a hundred different exercises with some of these pieces of equipment. It's truly remarkable. And also again, incredible nutrition as well. So check them out on it.com forward slash model. And now we're going to get into this next conversation with somebody who Literally, he left a permanent positive mark on me when he was sitting here in my studio. It changed me forever. One of the most incredible conversations. I've been doing the Model Health Show for over a decade now, and this is one of my top five favorite moments was talking with Greg Harden. Greg has been the mentor for Tom Brady, for Michael Phelps, for Heisman Trophy winners like Desmond Howard, the list goes on and on and on. He's been this secret weapon. It's one of those people who's just like, how did I not know about you? And he's been behind the scenes helping student athletes in particular for decades. And, you know, Tom Brady was actually questioning his ability to make it at the collegiate level until he crossed paths with Greg Harden, who helped him to reframe his thinking to reframe his mindset. And we all know the history of Tom Brady, but that intersection, that interaction with Tom Brady while he was at the University of Michigan with Greg Harden changed everything for him. And in this segment from Greg Harden, you're going to learn about the critical importance of taking total responsibility of your life and your results and the transformative power of forgiveness. Check out this segment from the amazing Greg Harden. Obviously, you have this acclaim in working with some of the most successful athletes to ever do what they do. Tom Brady, Michael Phelps, the list goes on and on. And I think immediately what people would feel is like, I'm not like those guys. And you make the argument, and matter of fact, you lay out really the science of this, the art and science of like, you do have this in you, you just don't know it and you need the guidance. And that's what you've really unlocked for us. So can you start off by talking about on the surface and maybe even a little bit deeper, what makes somebody like Tom Brady different? Well, if we go straight to it, humble and hungry. <laughs> Bruh, hungrier than the average person but humble enough to be coachable. Wow. Coachability is the critical piece to the puzzle. That's what you see, that's what you've seen. Let's think about how you coached yourself out of a degenerative spinal. <laughs> Bro, I've been dying to meet you. Your backstory is one of the most amazing backstory. I'm, a, I'm getting emotional just thinking about what you did and how you pulled it off and how you transformed yourself. So. 
We're talking about self-transformation. We're talking about reinventing yourself. We're talking about uh, re-engineering, redesigning how you think and how you act. That's what you did. You pulled it off. I don't know if everybody understands your backstory, but bruh, you started off in a situation where giving up would have made sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you talk about your grandmother. And your grandmother was just loving you. She was she wasn't giving you no motivational speeches. She's just loving you to death and be happy to see you. And you were miserable, negative, and depressed. And she's just happy and you like, how come I can't be like that? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. And then you hit a switch. You hit a switch in your mind and said, I am not going out like that. If I'm not going, if I'm not going to make it, ain't I'm not going to be miserable, negative, and depressed. I'm going to enjoy whatever time I have. And then you start eating differently, thinking differently, walking differently, talking differently. And then you turn yourself into Johnny Bad. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I get excited real early. Hey, listen, you know, here's the thing that I love most about this book, which everybody needs to get a copy like yesterday. You literally laid out how I went from there to here. You laid it out. There wasn't a, a portion missed. And one of those was taking responsibility, you know, because in that process, when I saw, you know, the circumstances I was dealing with, I was pointing the finger. Why them? Why won't they help me? Why me? And it wasn't until I took full responsibility for my life, I became empowered and it changed the game for me. That is the game changer. Uh, imagine trying to explain to a 19 year old Tom Brady, who's really convinced that the coaches don't like him, that they're not giving him the opportunities they're giving the other players and him sharing that with me. And I'm listening carefully because that's what I do. I listened, I listened, and he vented, and he it was he's emotional. And I share with Tom, I, I hear you, I feel your pain. Who gives a rat's ass? Well, <laughs> what the coaches think? What do you think? You want the coaches to believe in you, and you don't believe in yourself, son. So until you believe in you, don't expect me to believe. Now, the good news is I'm crazy enough to believe anyway. And I believe that you're capable and qualified of transforming your mindset, transforming the way that you see this and take full responsibility for if you're only getting three reps, those got to be the greatest reps that anybody's ever seen. And then they'll give you five. <laughs> and then and over time, oh, look out. And that's how you transform. So, yes, taking total responsibility. If, for example, if we use that same example, we look at Tom, and Tom wants to be a, a, a professional football player, and he's not even in the lineup. I say, you need to train as though you're going to be a professional football player. In fact, why don't we get football out of, out of the equation? I say, why don't you train like an Olympic athlete? That's a different mindset than I want to play football and I want to be in the NFL. Why don't you be one of the best athletes on the team? Why don't you change the way that you're approaching this? And it seems to have worked out a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> the results speak for themselves, you know. And how do you use the word forgiveness? See, one of the most difficult challenges in life is to forgive. And, you know, you can imagine in certain sessions you're talking to people about forgiveness. And they look at you and say, you nuts. You know, why would I forgive somebody that did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and go all the way down to Z to me? And you have to share with them. You don't forgive them for their sake. You forgive them for your sake. <laughs> because the madness, the when we're talking about staying sane in the insane world, we got to take it all the way to that level. Because... I'm not, it doesn't mean I forgot, doesn't mean that it wasn't wrong, it doesn't mean any of that. But I am not going to keep dragging you around and letting you live in my head and hold me hostage to things that were yesterday. And so to let go, I have to be willing to forgive, not what they did, but forgive, forgive that moment and how it affected me. I've got to let go and forgive you because 
you know, you're a human being. Because our fantasy is our parents should have been Peter and Priscilla perfect. Hmm. That's a great fantasy. But that's all it is. They turn out to be human beings. And if you really want to know who you are, study your parents. And then study your parents' parents. And they're, where they from, what, 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 what continent, <laughs> what ethnic group, what years, what was going on at the time. Your, your parents are a direct result of their parents, and it goes on and on. You need to study your family to know who you are. And then you, as what you said brilliantly opens up the door for us to understand that we can extract from who they are the great qualities and characteristics that they had. I don't care what they were into or how unhealthy they were. There's some things that they did that make total sense that worked. And you want to take all of those characteristics because in, in hating your parents, if you the secret to mental health is letting go of yesterday's baggage, forgiving parents for not being perfect mm. because they just couldn't. They couldn't pull that off. But you can decide what really worked well when they did it well. And you can also decide what you're not going to emulate or copy from the family history. Because we understand, well, diabetes is in our family, so you know what to do. Heart disease is in our But we don't think about alcoholism and addiction. We don't talk, think about uh, negative attitudes or... or, or uh, uh, Depression that's not necessarily triggered by a chemical imbalance, but by habit and routine and whining and complaining about everything and blaming everyone else. So those habits, you can look at and see which habits were good, which habits were not. I'm going to keep these. And that's what you should do, not just with your parents, but with people around you. Take the best from me. Don't take my bad habits. I cuss like a sailor, right? I'm good at it, but it's not my best habit. But I have some good habits that you can extract, that you can take away. There are people in your family and people around you, people who you've met. There are people who you're studying who don't even know you're studying. You should have mentors that don't even know they're mentors. <laughs> but you're studying the way they move, the way they groove the way they, they articulate their moods, et cetera, and say, that works. What we teach in the book is like identifying what works and what doesn't work in our lives. That's the simplest formula you can give people. If getting drunk every day is working, by all means, continue. If it's not, <laughs> if it's deteriorating relationships and destroying your financial health, if it's doing A, B, C, D, and E, you have data. Look at the data. The data says it's not working. Every time I get drunk, ah, things don't go right. Look at the data. Turn it to a scientist. When I'm not drinking, boom, boom, boom. So we begin to become so sophisticated that we become the world's greatest expert on you, requires you to look at the opportunity to do critical self-assessment, how you evaluate what's working and what's not working in your life. Self-defeating attitudes and behavior simply talking about how I think and how I act. There are ways that I think that are not healthy. There are ways that I act that are not healthy. Switching it over to the positive side, there, what are the self-supporting attitudes and behaviors I can incorporate into my life to increase the chances that everything is going to go just the way I dreamed, the, the way I visualized it, how I organize my, think, the way, my thinking and, and my behavior. So just be deliberate and intentional. All right, I hope that you're enjoying this compilation, and this is dedicated to giving you some fuel to head into a new year and write the story that you want to write moving forward. Now, whenever a special guest comes into the Model Health Show studio, everyone is offered some of the most health-affirming and nourishing teas for them to sip on. Now, whether that's matcha green tea or one of my favorite teas, which is the fermented tea called pu'er, it's all about creating an environment for health and wellness within the body. In particular, when it comes to Pu'er, it's about creating an environment of 
having a healthy microbiome. A study published in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry found that puer is able to potentially reverse gut dysbiosis by dramatically reducing the ratios of potentially harmful bacteria and increasing ratios of beneficial bacteria. One of the major ways that puer is able to do this is its high concentration of polyphenols that are remarkably beneficial for our gut flora. Now, the only puer that I drink and that I offer to my special guests is the fermented puer that utilizes a cold extraction technology, making this puer at cold to low temperatures for up to eight hours. And this patented process gently extracts the natural antioxidants and polyphenols specifically and provides them in a way for maximum efficacy. And it's wild harvested. So this is beyond organic, making it even more rich in polyphenols. Plus it's triple toxin screened for one of the highest levels of purity. These are the teas from Peak Life. Go to peaklife.com forward slash model. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com forward slash model. And you're going to get up to 15% off their incredible fermented puer, plus free shipping and other bonuses like free tea samples with some of their puer tea bundles. And their tea samples actually come with a 12 pack of different tea varieties for you to try out some of their different, they have over 20 award-winning teas at Peak Life. Again, go to peaklife.com forward slash model for up to 15% off free shipping plus a free sample pack of their incredible teas. Go there right now, P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com forward slash model and check them out. And now let's get to our next special guest in this powerful compilation. And our next guest is one of the most renowned personal development speakers in the world. He's also a multi, multi, multi-time best-selling author. I think he has like 20 books, something crazy. He's constantly writing books, constantly teaching and serving. And I'm talking about John Gordon. This was one of my other favorite shows of the past year. And in this segment, he's gonna be sharing with you the truth about how our state of mind controls our reality, plus strategies to change your mindset instantly when you need them. Check out this segment from the one and only John Gordon. It really is never the circumstance. It's never the event. It's always our state of mind. When your state of mind is low, the circumstance happens and it bothers you. The same circumstance can happen, but you have a high state of mind, it does it. You rise above, you move forward. So high state of mind, low state of mind. What characterizes the low state of mind? A lot of clutter, a lot of thought, worry, fear, anxiety, doubt, insecurity. What characterizes a high state of mind? A lot of clarity, focus, positive energy. Like being in the zone is like the ultimate high state of mind. When you're just flowing, you got confidence, got a lot of courage, that's high state of mind. So high state of mind, low state of mind. And it's always our state of mind that will determine how we feel, how we respond to the circumstance that we're facing. And why this is so important is because we're always dealing with all these different events in our life. We'll always deal with challenges, adversity, and setbacks. And when you have that low state of mind, you're not gonna respond well. When you have a high state of mind, you rise above, you move forward, you have more resilience, you have more grit, and that's what is needed in this world. You're never gonna be in a permanent high state of mind. I wish that was the case, but it's not. It's the ebb and flow. It's like a roller coaster. We're gonna have highs, we're gonna have lows. If you've never been on a roller coaster before, and this is your first time on a roller coaster, and you're going down, and you think the roller coaster is gonna crash, what would you wanna do? You wanna jump off. When we're in a low state of mind, or heading towards a low state of mind, we wanna jump off, we want to escape. And so many times when people are in a low state of mind, they want to escape the feelings that they have, the thoughts that they're thinking. So what do they do? They play video games, they drink, they do drugs, they eat a lot of bad foods. People do a lot of things, a lot of addictions to escape how they feel. And it's because they're in a low state of mind. The key is to realize that that's part of the ebb and flow of, of life. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is broken. You're just in a low state of mind. Don't jump off, stay on the roller coaster. Because what happens is, you also start to think something is wrong, something is broken. So what does that do? It revs up thought. Now you have all these thoughts and you're thinking a lot, like the baseball batter that goes 0 for 4, 0 for 3, and 0 for 4. 
And so that baseball batter is now thinking, something's wrong with my swing. Like my swing is broken. I gotta fix this. Then they go into a slump. And then it's hard to go and get back from the slump. So what does that baseball player need to do? Just play. See ball, hit ball. And it's the same way. Stay on the roller coaster. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's broken. Just stay on it. What happens is when you do this, so often you'll ride the wave right back up to a higher state of mind. Once you realize this, just the other day I'm walking, I'm on my phone, I'm talking to someone, an important meeting, and this bus comes by all loud and interrupts my conversation. I'm like, come on bus, and I yell at the bus. (laughs) I yelled at the bus, and I laughed at myself, I yelled at the bus, it's not the circumstance, John. You allowed that circumstance to bother you because you were looking at the circumstance. And so I laughed going, no, it's not the bus, focus on you. And in that laughter, I was right back up to a higher state of mind right away. Yeah, that's powerful. What if the bus, though, was like, I'm driving here, you know, like, but that's not what's going to happen. Right. You know? Well, it, it could happen. Imagine, again, we're in LA right now. Yeah. So two cars driving on the road, they see each other as the traffic. So yeah. you're driving, I'm driving. You're the cause of my traffic, I'm the cause of your traffic. But there was a sign the other day that said, You are the traffic. Mm. Guess what? It's all one. We're all the traffic. And so you're part of the traffic. Don't look at the traffic. But we're looking at each other. And so we're now fighting over this one spot or one area in the road that we're trying to get into. And if we're in a low state of mind, if you're in a low state, I'm in a low state, we're probably giving each other finger or yelling at each other. And that begins the process of road rage and all these incidents. But think about what happens if you're in a high state of mind. I'm in a high state of mind. You're trying to move in. I go, ah, come on in. Yeah. I got you. You know, good. We give each other a thumbs up, we wave, we move different, on. Different fingers. Right, different fingers. You're number one. <laughs> You're a positive number one. Or hello, a thumb, right? A thumb up. So it all depends on the state of mind of how we're responding to the situation. Yeah, high state of mind. And even when you said that, you laughing off that moment, humor is more accessible, right? And it's kind of like a bridge back to like, you literally, it, it's kind of like a reset for your nervous system in a sense, because if I ever catch myself having a reaction like that, which is definitely far more rare than it used to be, but then I literally, within a few minutes, especially if I'm by myself, right. and I have an irritation thought, I just laugh, like, what are you doing? Like, come on, you know? But having access to those tools, and here's the thing, when you shared this about the ebb and flows, you're sharing what people don't wanna hear because we want that prize that other people are selling us, that you could live this blissful life in eternity and this whole thing, they're selling a false bill of goods. You're talking about reality, but here's the the cool thing. What you do share is that by working on these tools, you can make the ebbs and flows less steep. Talk about that. That's key. So when you're recognizing this, you won't have as many highs and lows from a, a, a vertical standpoint. They'll be more horizontal. So you will not have extreme highs, extreme lows. And so when you're dealing with challenges, adversities, and setbacks, you'll find yourself, you might be affected, but not as much as you were in the past. For me, someone who is naturally negative, actually, and struggled with negativity growing up and dealt with a lot of pessimism, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of worry, even even depression on my journey, I had these highs and lows. And as I've been doing this and modeling this and living this, it's now become a part of me. I rarely go to the high and the low. I sort of stay you know, very balanced along the way. And that's really important to, to go through life that way in a more powerful way because you don't wanna be the victim of your circumstance. You don't wanna allow these situations determine your mood, your happiness. It's good to laugh at life instead of making or allowing life to make you cry. And as you said, I love what you said earlier, like when you laugh, what's happening? Yeah, when you're laughing, you're definitely raising your frequency and your vibration to a higher frequency. There's no doubt about it. Versus anger and fear and worry and scowling, bringing it down to a lower frequency. No doubt that that laughter we know is great for the heart, great for our health, great for our longevity, smiling, laughter, real smiles, real laughters. All of that elevates our state of mind, no doubt about it. But I think it's important to understand like the five Ds that I'm sure you read about in the book. And those Ds are how we go towards the negative. The Ds will sabotage us. And it starts with the doubt. So there's a seed of doubt that grows into a forest of uncertainty and fear. So it all starts with doubt. And then there's distortion, which are the negative thoughts and lies that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. So you might have the pain, but then the thoughts come in and say, oh, that pain, it's never gonna go away. 
it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And you're never going to get better. And you know what? Your father and your grandfather had that kind of pain, and you and that will too for the rest of your life. And so my biological father, who left when I was a year old, he always had a bad back. And I remember I started to have a bad back in my 40s, early 40s. And I told myself, you will not have a bad back. You will not be like that like he was for the rest of your life. You will not have a bad, I just said that. You will not have a bad back. You know what? No back issues. I made the decision because I was starting to have a bad back. Like, nope, I will not have a bad back. I truly believe there's the power of belief in talking to yourself. The receptors you just said, I love that. I know that there's 86 billion neurons and every neuron has a transmitter and receiver on the neurons, which basically supports my belief in theory that the brain is an antenna. But what we're saying here is that your body's an antenna, the whole body, mm -hmm. and it's always listening to what you're saying. Yeah. Well, guess what? The lies are coming in. Are you gonna believe the lies? Because if you believe the lies, the body now believes the lies. But everything is meaning. Like The brain is always giving meaning and creating meaning based on the world we're experiencing and sensing and feeling. And so for instance, Novak Djokovic, when he's playing tennis, if the crowd is booing, he says, I imagine that they're cheering. So what is he doing? He's literally taking the sounds and the vibrations and just giving new meaning to it mm -hmm. from which the brain might give one meaning, but now he's changing it and we have the power to change it. We don't realize the power of the brain and what we can actually do. Because what is the brain but just processing electrical signals and electrical impulses and the auditory nerve is, is basically taking the sound vibrations and then translate it into then meaning that makes sense or that gives meaning to what you're hearing. And then the same thing on the visual context, it's light, receptors, eyes, then the optic nerve, right, is now converting into those signals into visuals and images. And then we create a visual map of, of what we're seeing as we're looking at each other. We're creating visual maps of each other right now. But the brain is literally creating this visual map that we're seeing, but all all basically by firing neurosynapses in the brain that's allowed, allowing us to experience this. It's pretty wild when you really think about the context. So I truly believe you can change the meaning. You can change the distortion and the lie and then speak truth to the lie. The third D, discouragement, that comes in. We can encourage. The fourth D is distraction. And distractions are the enemy of greatness. And a distraction is anything that keeps you from being your best. A distraction is anything that keeps you from, from what your purpose is, what your mission is. And you'll always have distractions along the way that will sabotage you. And then the fifth D is divide. And so these Ds, as I talked about earlier, they separate, they divide you, they weaken you, they make you feel powerless. So if negative thoughts weaken us, then how can we become stronger? How do we become more powerful? How do we uplift ourselves? And I love to share an acronym. This is very practical for people. This is in the book as well, but we can share it with them so they get some immediate benefit right now. It's TUNE, T-U-N-E. TUNE. The brain's an antenna. Tune to the positive on a daily basis. So how do you do that? Trust in truth. So when the doubt comes in, trust. You know what I do? Like, I'm a spiritual person. I do believe in God. So whenever I start to have doubt, I go, you know what, God? I don't have all the answers. I trust in you and I trust in your plan for my life. In that moment, the doubt goes away and I find more trust and peace in that moment. Truth, I speak truth to the lies on a daily basis. Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. Double Ironman, which means you do an Ironman, a day later do another one. And the last time he did it was 59 years old. Mm. He was asked how he did it, he said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. Mm. He said, if I listen, I have the fear, the negativity, the doubt, all the reasons why I can't finish this race. But if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving so forward. So what was he doing? Talking to himself instead of listen. So that's, that's the truth part of it. Speak truth to the lies on a daily basis. And that goes to the heart of like helping people understand who they truly are and the power they possess and the greatness that is within them. I always ask people, do you want to be great? Everyone says yes. No one ever says, I want to be average. Okay, you want to be great. Every kid wants to be great, but why? Because deep down we know there's greatness within us. That's the truth. And you're here to do great things. You just have these voices that say you're not great. And that's the battle. I want to be great. Voices say I'm not. Okay, listen to the truth instead and start speaking that truth. So that's the, that's the T part. Then there's you. Unite with love. 
So the minute I'm fearful, I'm stressed, I'm worried. If fear separates and fear divides, what unites? Love. Love unites and love casts out fear and love is more powerful than fear. So this is my number one strategy for athletes, but it could work for all of us. Like even a salesperson, you're selling, the minute you focus on loving your client, loving the product, loving what you get to sell, you're gonna be so much more powerful in that moment from your state. My son has been now selling since he graduated just a month ago. Got right into a job selling, so he's selling. First week went well, this week, dad, dad didn't have a great second week. I just didn't even feel good. I, I drank on the weekend. And man, I just didn't have that confidence and that feeling in that state. I'm like, exactly. You weren't feeling right. You didn't feel good. Your state wasn't right because you weren't loving it. Now you're thinking a lot. You got a little fear. You don't want to say the wrong thing. But when you're loving it, you're just in the moment. What made Michael Jordan so great? Everyone said he hated to lose. He feared losing. Yes, he hated to lose. That, but that will never make you great. Hate will never make you great. Michael Jordan loved to compete against you. He loved to battle. He loved to beat you. He actually loved to destroy you. Yeah. And when he was playing you, it was all about love. He wasn't worried about failing. He wasn't worried about messing up. He was loving the moment. But think about kids today. Think about teenagers. Think about adults. Social media. Comparing. When you're comparing, you're despairing. You're looking outside. You're looking at other people's lives instead of your own. You're being distracted. You're focusing on your place and not happy with it and you look at someone else's highlight reel and see how they're performing and so this is going on and on and on and so you're living with fear instead of loving your life and your mission and your purpose and loving what you get to do now people say yeah john but i got this job i can't you know i don't love my job there's not going to be a lot of things that you love about your job at times but you can love the people in your job you can love serving others Pavarotti, the famous opera singer always said, everybody wants the audience to love them, but I love the audience. And the minute you focus on loving the audience, what happens? You're one with the audience. Now you perform at a higher level. There's a resonance because now you love them and there's now a connection that happens. So why is love so powerful? Because love creates connection. Connection creates clarity. Clarity creates confidence and confidence creates courage. And that's why tune is so essential. Like you start to have this connection, you start to have more clarity, you see things more clearly your purpose, your mission, life. And then from that clarity, there's so much more confidence. Like when you know why you're here and what you're here to do, there's so much more confidence in how you're showing up. And because of that, you now have the courage to go after things. N is neutralize the negativity. So that's you unite with love. N is neutralize the negativity. We do have to neutralize it because let's face it, it's coming our way. And Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Great advice from Gandhi. I'm not gonna allow this negativity to bring me down. I'm gonna lift others up. My wife will literally now go, stop, when a negative thought comes in. She'll say, stop, and she'll replace it with a positive thought. Practically, you write down a left side of a piece of paper, write down all your negative thoughts, like your common ones. We all have ours. I know you have yours. You have to tell me what it is, but I know I have mine. We all have it. Everyone has it. Every, the, the goats in the world, the greatest athletes of all time, have these negative thoughts that come in. They just know how to deal with them. So they come in, you write them down. On the right side, you write down the words of encouragement, the words you will say to those negative thoughts, the truth you will say to speak to those lies. And the more you speak truth on a daily basis, what happens is that starts to become who you are. That starts to become the life you live the more you speak truth. And does it take work? Of course it does. But so does eating healthy. That takes more work. But guess what? Is it more worthwhile? Yes. Anything that is hard, right, is most likely more worthwhile. And if it's worthwhile, it's gonna be hard. And the reason why that is is because when it's worthwhile, there's gonna be resistance. It's easy to be negative. There's no resistance to being negative. There's a lot of resistance to being positive because that's the journey. Mm -hmm. Trying to be positive and then you get this resistance and force that you're always facing that's trying to divide, separate, and weaken you. And I've gotta face the resistance. But as I do, I become stronger, I grow. I become more powerful in this world the more I face it. So the resistance is actually part of the journey, part of the struggle. And the more you recognize that and see that, the more we help other people see this. Oh, it's just an ebb and flow. Oh, you're just facing resistance. Oh, the battle, yeah, the battle makes you stronger, but yeah, you're facing it. And guess what? If you wanna be great, you're gonna be tested along the way. Everyone will be tested. So I overcome the test when I neutralize the negativity and E, I elevate my thinking. 
and every day I'm elevating my thinking. Gratitude, that thank you walk is key. Success of the day. I'm on a mission now to get everyone to start a success journal. People have been talking about gratitude journals for a year, but I want you to, for years, I want you to have a success journal. At the end of the day, focus on your one great thing that happened that day, the one success. Not all the things that went wrong, what's the one thing that went right? And the minute you focus on that, guess what? You're going to bed a success that night. What we look for, we start to find more in our life. So what we look for, we start to see, and we actually will start to attract more of it. So the minute I'm focusing success, on success, I'll start to experience more successes. So I get up the next day, all right, I went to bed a success, I now wake up a success, now I'm ready to take on the day. And guess what? Every teenager in America should be doing this. And would we say something's wrong with them? Would they say they're, broke, they're broken if they were doing this? Would their mindsets be different? Would their life be different? Yes, this is how we could save the country, I truly believe. All right, I hope that you're enjoying this compilation. We're at our final guest expert with our inspiration for a powerful new year and giving us insights, tools, and a powerful reminders that we have agency to affect change in our lives and to write the story that we truly want. And our next expert, he is about that life. He's one of my greatest mentors. You know, I, I started learning from him long before we even met. And he's been such a bright, inspiring force in my life and a great friend and we're always communicating and you know and hanging out together and i'm just so blessed to have him in my life and i'm talking about the one and only dr michael bernard beckwith he's a multi-time best-selling author and the founder of agape spiritual center and he's also one of the stars in the hit movie the secret he's also been featured on oprah's super soul sunday and the list goes on and on and on but one thing i know about Michael Beckwith, because I've been at his house, I see all the, the nutrition. He is about that life when it comes to nourishing, as he calls it, the body temple. All right, he knows that his ability to express, his ability to serve, his ability to reach his highest potential and to stay at a high vibration has a lot to do with how he's taking care of his body. And one of the things that him and I are both big fans of is utilizing superfood concentrates. And one of my favorite superfood concentrates is a blend of the most powerful superfruits, in particular red, blue, that hue, that is an indication of certain antioxidants that have remarkable benefits. For example, acai has the highest ORAC value, meaning its concentration of antioxidants of any of the popular fruits that you see in the produce aisle at any conventional grocery stores. Now, acai has an ORAC value of over 100,000. That's about 10 times more antioxidants than common fruits. And how does that show up? Does it actually translate over for our bodies? Well, a study published in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry found that acai does in fact raise participants' antioxidant levels demonstrating how effectively it is absorbed by our microbes, by the human gut. Our bodies really do vibe well with acai. That's why it's so popping out here on the streets right now. But we wanna make sure again that it's organic and these superfood concentrates. What if you blend acai with, for example, blueberry, which researchers at the University of Michigan published data affirming that blueberries can actually affect genes that are controlling our ability to burn fat. Plus, combine that with the power of something that's well-documented to increase our endurance. A study published in the Journal of Applied Physiology found that beet juice is able to increase stamina of study participants 16% during exercise. These are just some of the ingredients, the superfood ingredients in the Organifi Red Juice Formula. It is free of conventional sugars. It's all organic. This is great for the kids. Kids really like Organifi Red Juice as well. It's a huge upgrade from the conventional Kool-Aid and Flavor-Aid that many of us grew up with. This is a way to get all of these incredible nutrients infused into our bodies, into our cells by enjoying something like Organifi Red Juice. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash model and they're going to give you 20% off their incredible red juice blend. All right, go to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A nifi.com forward slash model for 20% off store wide, including their incredible all organic red juice blend. And now for our final segment in this inspiration compilation, 
to give us some rocket fuel as we head into the new year. Our final segment is with the one and only Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. And in this segment, he's gonna be sharing how to take back your mind this year and create a vision for your new, healthier, more successful year ahead. Check out this final segment with Dr. Michael Beckwith. Mind fasting is another name for meditation in which you're not putting uh, external stimuli into the mind. You're actually stopping and going within, exploring your own inner terrain so that you're able to touch the places within you that are not being derived by anything outside of yourself. So you're actually fasting from stimuli. And interestingly enough, though we both appreciate healthy diet, we appreciate good food, we appreciate good supplements, we appreciate good nutrition, we can take all of the good nutrition, but if our internal dialogue or a lack of self-worth and appreciation or unhealed trauma is not dealt with, then all of the good nutrition can't overcome a lot of that. So mind fasting is, is extremely important for the transmutation of superstitious beliefs and thoughts and perceptions and things of that particular nature that will spin out and become our experience. So uh, introspection that leads to transpection is extremely important. I just call it mind fasting. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot to consume out here on these streets today. There's so much information, so much content, so yep. much to choose from. But if we are constantly consuming, I would imagine that we would become backed up in, in a sense, you know, <laughs> constipated. spiritually constipated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I don't want to say the majority of people, but a great many of people don't feel alive unless there's some kind of external stimulation. Some people, you know, we, we've heard the old statement, I think, therefore I am. Some people's statement is, I have drama, therefore I am. Or I have extreme excitement, therefore I am. You know, I have some kind of extreme stimulation, therefore I am. And so they're addicted to that. Many people are addicted even to negativity. They're addicted to the uh, tonic chemicals that flow through the body. And so we, we have to prime ourselves to come to an awareness that there's something about us that's already all right. Mm. It's already magnificent. It's already beautiful. It doesn't need any external. It just needs our appreciation of it, our, our embracing of it. And then instead of consuming, you know, we didn't come to the earth to consume. We came to the earth to radiate, to express, to create, to glow, to give, to share, to shine. So it's not consumption. You know, it's, it's an emergence of something that's already there that wants to express itself. It's totally opposite then from consuming. Depression and trauma have become kind of normalized and popular in the, in the, in the atmosphere of you know, the mentality of the world. And so when you look at our culture, the Western world culture, there is a, a heavy movement around commercialism, around materialism, around gaining, but there's not a real vision about the, uh, the activation of the potential within us. We don't hear about character anymore. We don't hear about becoming the best version of ourselves, unless we're listening to you, unless we're listening to me, or listening to you know, people who are, who are awake. People are, are reaching outside of themselves to get something to make themselves happy. Again, the consumption. So that leads to a depression rather than an expression. You know, so depression means that something's not being expressed. So just, you know, just in terms of long-term healing, you know, the studies that I've seen is that, you know, if a person walks around, if a person hydrates, if a person uh, begins to stimulate their mind with a vision, then something begins to change within, not only chemically, but mentally, their focus becomes, I'm not trying to get famous, I don't, I'm not trying to get likes, I'm not trying to uh, be known on Facebook, I'm not trying to get something out there that's going to fill me up. I have something, and I want to express that. That's creativity. 
it's it's beyond just mere creation. It's actually I'm tapping into something within me that I want to express. That leads to a greater sense of happiness, a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of joy, uh, a greater sense of being available to inspiration, you see. And so I think, you know, when was the last time you heard a political leader or a leader stand up and say, you know, we have to garner our country to have a vision of what can be possible. Generally, our leaders will stand up and they're always against something. They're going to they're going to fight a virus. They're going to fight another country. They're going to add more nuclear uh, weapons. They're going to they're going to do something that's going to augment fear within the population rather than focus an individual towards a vision of possibility, a vision of peace, a vision of community, a vision of working together. So kids growing up and all they're hearing is what they are to be afraid of. That's all they hear. They go to school, we gotta get on the table, it's gonna be a mass shooting. You know, here, here's how you get out if a mass shooter comes in. You know, here's the next disease you might get. You know, if, if that's all they're hearing, then that leads to a kind of a depression of energy. Uh, you, you, you take a child, and, and, I, and I've met your kids, so I, I, I know you do this consciously or unconsciously, and you speak to their potential. You speak to their possibility. You speak to the greatness within them on a regular basis. Yeah. They start to rise up differently than kids growing up with everything you can be afraid of. Now, of course, you have to teach your kids not to run in front of a car. If a car is coming, there are you know certain basic things. Don't touch the oven if it's hot. Yeah. But if that's their only message, that there's something bad out there and it's going to get you, then there is, there's a curtailing of creativity and hearing the inspirational broadcast that's happening everywhere throughout the universe. So, so depression is a lack of expression. That's, that's how I kind of frame it. There's a difference between real thinking and what is called mentation. Mentation is the daily regurgitation of the thoughts you had yesterday, day before, day before, day before. And some people mistake that for thinking. Real thinking is inspiration. You know, I, I call it human interruptus, where you interrupt the mentation. You know, if you read a good book of, on inspiration, you listen to, to this podcast, you listen to something that's gonna interrupt your mentation, then a new idea can come in, an inspiring thought can come in. Now that's thinking, but most people don't think. They're just regurgitating, and then what happens is the ego, the vanity of the ego, takes ownership in those thoughts that become opinions, points of view, positionalities. Those are my thoughts, those are my opinions, and then they, they, the vanity of the ego wants to protect that. I'm right, that opinion's wrong, this opinion's right. I tell people, don't cherish your opinions. I mean, it's an old Zen statement. Above all, cherish no opinions, because they're gonna change. The opinions you had when you were 16, you don't have those opinions today, but you probably fought for them when you were 16, you know? So the idea is to hold all of your opinions lightly, because as you get new information, new insights, new revelations, you will grow. So we move from mentation through mind fasting, interrupting that flow and then become open to inspiration. And then we change. That is, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to, we don't want to be the same person we're, we are at this moment or who we were five years ago. We want to be always on the edge of discovery of the good and the beautiful and the lovely and the intelligence that's within us. So we're actually living to grow. But when you're unconscious, you live to protect who you think you are. That's the ego's job, to protect this limited identity. But when you're able to mind fast, you're able to meditate, you're able to sincerely study to grow, then, you know, psychologically, we would say having a healthy ego Spiritually, we would say you're going to transcend the ego's clutches, but ultimately you're living to discover more and more about yourself. And again, many people aren't living there. They're living to protect themselves and to protect their identity mm -hmm. rather than what within me is trying to emerge that I don't even know about yet, the unknown. Everything begins with intention.
Now, the average individual that's just reacting is suffering from an intention deficit, you know, not just an attention deficit, but an intention. They don't have an intention. They're just kind of buffeted around by the world. They just react to what's ever happening, but they don't set an intention. And so if you, if you wake up in the morning, you have an intention. I intend to be a ver better version of myself. It's, 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 I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's not how yet. See, the ego says, how do you do it? Before you even know what the it is. But if you set an intention, then what comes into your life is, are the how-tos. So if I establish an intention, which I do every morning, I establish an intention every day, then the universe brings for me into my orbit ways to fulfill that intention. I'll meet somebody, I'll have a conversation, a book will fall off the shelf. You know, something will happen that will begin to grab my attention to walk in a different direction. So I, I suggest to people, you know, start with some basic intentions. You know, I intend this week to be more available to the opportunities for prosperity. I don't know where it's going to come from. It's not my job. But I intend to be more available to prosperity. I intend to be more available to the health of my body temple. I intend to be more available uh, to really good friendships. I just, I'm just, that's my intention. So what happens then, by law, the universal presence law begins to wrap itself around that vibrational intention and new worlds begin to open up. Now, here's the deal. The worlds are already there. Mm -hmm. But if the mind is full, if the mind doesn't see the possibility, then the eyes can't see the opportunities. It's an impossibility. You have to be able to, to, to hang in the possibility then you start to see opportunities. But they're already here, but you can't see it if the mind says it's impossible, you see. So, so start with intention first. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If this inspired you, please share this out. Share the inspiration with somebody that you care about. You can send this directly from the podcast app that you are listening on. And of course, you could take a screenshot of the episode and you could tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram. I always love to see the social shares and the love. You know, just share it on your IG story or you could share it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever the case might be. And listen, this year I'm dedicated to taking things to another level. And we've got some amazing, I'm talking about amazing masterclasses that we have lined up for you and the most amazing guests that we've ever had. And I'm so excited about this new year coming up. So make sure to stay connected, stay tuned. This is an investment in your health and your happiness and being able to understand that you have the pen in your hand to write the story that you want to write. And I wanna do everything that I can to support you in unlocking your true greatness because you are that, you are incredible. I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your life. So much more in store, so make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.